For the last four years, you came to this podcast to get your needs met, to be fulfilled, to get a pro wrestling, pop culture, and that oh so naughty feeling tingled inside with a little bit of brass sprinkled on top. Now it's time for your hosts, Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn. You are tuned in to the IndyCast. Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndyCast. Uh, Chad and Shelly Allen. It's Hello. an Allen episode today. Uh, honey, we have a guest with us today. I'm real excited about this one. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IndyCast. This is actually part two of the interview that Chad and Shelly did with PCO from the Quebecers. And so if you haven't heard part one, definitely go back and listen to last week's episode. There was a lot of awesome stories there and a lot of uh, fun back and forth between our hosts and our guests. And so here is part two of the interview. Enjoy. Are you surprised now that you've been back in wrestling and in the WrestleMania weekend? Are you surprised by the reaction of people now that you've come back? Yeah, speaking of reaction, interestingly enough, that is a great question. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. It's it's probably one of the strongest uh, runs. It's hard hard to explain because it's on the NBC and... uh, it's tough to compare, you know, a, a push with the WWE uh, compared to a push on the NBC. But I gotta tell you, uh, it's something that it's hard. Uh, it's not hard for me to explain, but it's very, very big. It's uh, it's a big, big wave. It's a big buzz. Uh, I can feel it all over me, all around me, in my own town. Uh, uh, on, on Twitter, on the on websites, uh, the Observer, uh, the fans, uh, everywhere in the states, the bookings are crazy. I'm getting booked all over the states. I'm getting booked all over Canada. I don't have days off on weekends, you know, and booked throughout the whole year. Um, there's, there's a frenzy about, you know, that match. You know, I created like a monster. I created something. And, uh, and the way I explain that, it's, uh, yes, maybe I made some mistakes. Yes, maybe I wasn't uh, humble when it was time to be humble. But yes, maybe all that uh, glory uh, went through my head and, and uh, maybe I was not touching the ground for, uh, for a while. But, uh, I might have been different with people. Uh, but... Um, I've learned a lot from that, and uh, and people have no ideas, no ideas of all the efforts, all the failures, all the no's, all the uh, the barriers that I've been through since uh, my beginning in this business. I mean, uh, it was like sending a FedEx a day. Uh, for six months in a row at twenty dollars a FedEx, you know, things like that, you know, uh, uh being on the phone with John Laurinaitis, I don't know how many days per year, texting, sending emails, uh, uh social medias weren't uh, as strong as they were now in two thousand eight, two thousand five, two thousand three. Um the uh the the after, after my run, Jean-Pierre Lafitte, he kept me uh, 
and Jeff as the Quebecers in uh, 98, 99. They fired Jack at 98. They kept me for 99, but uh, they sent me to Powerful Assignment, which is kind of uh, the. Uh, it's kind of like what NXT is now. Yeah, but mm-hmm. not as strong as NXT. Right. But uh, kind of Florida Championship Wrestling, if you want. Yeah. Uh, the Farm Club. Like a farm club. I was there with Kurt uh, Angle. I was there with Fatu Rikishi. I was there with uh, Two Minute Warnings. Uh, I was a lot of them. The Russo's were probably there. They were probably uh, nine years old. Uh, because it was about 10 Samoans there. So probably Roman Reigns was there too. Uh, and uh, a lot of them were watching on the territory too. Like uh, Hegmo and... Uh, and Rosie, uh, I worked a lot with them. Uh, in fact, I did a loser leaf down against uh, Mike Moe and Hecky uh, Ekmo. And um, because I was going to Japan for the PWE, that's how, that's how I met the channel and I just, So anyways, like, so doing like three training camps after a big run as a tag team champion, after a big run, uh, you know, working The Undertaker, working Red Art, working Shawn Michaels, working all the top names in the company, Going back to a training camp with Nori Fong Jr. three times in a row, and then going back to the farm club, uh, you know, like uh, wrestling in front of 25, 30 people, things like that, and doing the TV on the Saturday morning at 8 o'clock in the morning, uh, Channel 5, and then and then going to Japan, which was all right. Um, and then after I got let go, uh, WCW, I've been there like two, three times. By the time I got there, Kevin Nash was there, so uh, it wasn't working well for me. So uh, it was short stints there in WCW. Um, and uh, Vince Russo was there. Vince Russo really liked me. I heard a lot of what his... Uh, interviews and shoe interviews and he's, he's always speaking pretty highly of me as, uh, as a wrestler and uh, as a performer. But I guess he can do anything with, uh, with Kevin and, uh, and the bookings and having his, his word to say. So uh, yeah, I went to Puerto Rico in 2005, uh, went to England in 2008 for a full year Went back to Germany. And, you know, I did a lot of things. Uh, uh, working in these and uh, just traveling a lot, not having money, uh, and, uh, sacrificing, uh, uh, you know, having a wife, having a kid, having a life, having a house, having a bunch of things, you know, just to, mm-hmm. just to put all the eggs in the same basket and, and, and just, you know, going for that 14 years old dream of mine that I said, you know, and, until I'm going to reach it, you know, I'm not going to let go. I'm going to keep my grip on it. I'm going to keep my eyes on it. I'm going to keep fighting for it. That's why all the, the movies that I like and I'm talking about, they all related to me about achieving what I promised myself I was going to achieve. So, so basically, that match with, with Walter, uh, I prepared for that. You know, uh, I did a lot of... Uh, yeah, six, seven years, almost ten years of the 
came out of that uh, that match for me was uh, contusion. Uh, horrible chest contusion that you had by the end of that match was scary as all get out. Is Walter the toughest person you've ever faced? Uh, no, I can't say that. I can't say that. There's a bunch of tough guys uh, that I face. Uh, no, I just think he's got long uh, fingers and big hands. That gives him an edge. He's got a long arm, too, so that gives him a long... Uh, when he goes to chop you, it gives him a, the reach. He's got a longer reach before he catches you with his hands, with his big hands. But uh, other than that, you know, it's just a big chop. You know, it's, a, it's just 
just purple and all. It's, it's nothing there, you know. I've, uh, I've had the, uh, I've had concussion. I finished my match. Uh, I've had like uh, uh, tore a ligament in my knee, and I finished my match. I, I broke some fingers, and I finished my match. I, I jumped from the top rope to the cement floor on TNA just to pass on a message to the the office that, that how much you know I was willing to sacrifice my life myself you know to to make it to this business to to show them you know how much hard I had you know that sorry I did that bump on the floor on the top rope it's not because I thought it was gonna enhance my match uh, it was just because I wanted to show them you know that uh, you know I really wanted to make a difference in this business and really wanted to make it. And uh, I had the desire to, to prove to the whole world, you know, what I was willing to do to make it, you know. To me, it's, it's things like that. It's like how someone, you do have a great job and, uh, and you have an opportunity to go work in England for uh, a few dollars per night and you quit your job you believe in yourself and you believe in what you do and you don't care about um, having uh, security uh, the only thing that you care about is your passion and that's basically you know the name of the game for me I always uh, sacrifice security always sacrifice material always sacrifice uh, everything to to realize myself and what, what I said uh, I would have done when I was 14 years old. Uh, it's been written on a piece of paper since then. It's been written on posters. It's been written in my, uh, on my walls in my room. And uh, when I was moving, I always moved my pieces of paper with me. And I always read my, uh, my affirmations in the morning. And, you know, I've been always on top of that. Uh, you know, keeping that dream alive and, uh, you know, just, uh, I just did everything that I could, you know, to, to stretch, to stay flexible, to be able to do the bumps that I still, you know, take, you know, I did the moonsault on the cement floor for the top rope, uh, not because that I really wanted to do that, just because the guys didn't really, I didn't really hit the guys, you know, well enough, so, basically, uh, it was basically, okay, I'm going to hit him with all the guy's boots. So, you know, but it's all, it's all part of, you know, showing how uh, much you want it. So, so when, I, when I hear things, uh, guys, they say that they want it, you know, sometimes uh, I think that the real meaning of wanting it, one thing, it's not the same for everybody because the, uh, if I go on every sacrifice that I made, there's a lot of things that I can remember. I can tell you uh, 20, 30 different, 20 to 30 different, you know, uh, uh, stories that are, you'll say, no, it's not true. And uh, I'm, I'll tell you it's the truth. I can't. I, I gotta tell this one because, uh, uh, I was waiting backstage to talk to John Laurinaitis uh, on, a, on a TV taping, and uh, I talked to him a few times, and he's 
kind of pushing me on to I'm very busy right now. I don't want to sign up maybe later, maybe later. If it's... Eventually, I, I, I was a good friend with John because we worked together in Japan. When I was in Japan for all Japan, he was booking the American talent, and we had to work a few matches with each other, so we went to eat together. So he was big. He was always cool to me. John was always good to me. He was always picking up that phone. He would answer my, you know, my calls, and he would uh, tell me the truth. And, you know, he, he was good to me. So uh, I have only good words about John. But, you know, just to tell you the, how tough it is sometimes, how hard it is sometimes, uh, slap in the face, you know, so many times. So, the shot by Walter is nothing compared to the slap in the face uh, by life, you know, or by the, by the business. So, one night I was supposed to talk to him, like, I couldn't talk to him. So, I'm waiting until midnight, until the show is finishing off. And um, there's no... All the boys are gone, everybody's gone. But I see Vince is in the, the, the office. So uh, I see Vince's office, and he, uh, and he makes up for that one night. And I see the two bodyguards waiting at the door for him, two big black guys. So I go to the bodyguards and say, can you tell Vince Carl Willett wants to talk to him? So they went inside, they come back, and all Vince has left already. Possible, you know, there's only one way to get out of there, you know, there's no two ways. There's someone who's coming on the other side. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Vince comes out maybe 10 minutes after. I'm grabbing Vince by the shoulder. Hey, Vince! The two bodyguards, they jump on me. <laughs> they almost like, you know, they're too big, they're 300 and something pounds, six foot five. They're both on me, they're on trying to push the ass of them to, no, 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 guys, don't touch him, don't touch him. Hey, Carl, how are you? <laughs> what can I do for you? So it's like, holy shit, you know, it's pretty tough because, you know, and, uh, he, he was calling me at home and he was watching my match at the gardens, waiting for me at the side of the curtain, talking about my match. My office always open for you. And now I can even have a talk at, 30 seconds talk with him without having the bodyguards jumping me and thinking I'm just some kind of freak that's trying to attack Vince or whatever and I'm just trying to shake his hand and trying to have a conversation with him and I'm like, it's okay guy, hey Carl, what's up, how are you? I just one of this, you know, so many stories like that. In 2008, after I ended up my uh, scenario with the shot, then the I meet with uh, John at the office in Connecticut, and then he goes, you choose your date in July, we'll give you a good guy to work with, and you'll have a chance to, you know, really show what you can do. And uh, so I, I, I went up there really prepared, and I wanted to, uh, to uh, the way that uh, I sold the gimmicks, it was a KO for Carl Willett, and uh, I, I was doing the discus elbow as the finish, and I was uh, knocking out people. And my my um, my scenario is, you know, I'm going to knock out people, but I'm not going to cover them. It's going to be a count of 10, like, box, like boxing, it's going to be at the KO, you know? So, and then... Uh, at WrestleMania, it's going to be me against Sean, and, uh, you know, uh, the, the winner, you know, for the 
the first time I heard Sean would get up from my knockout. But at the count eight, nine, and he gets up. So, so, so I've been knocking out people for the oldest time. And uh, and then uh, and then work the story from there. And, uh, pick him, and, and to start the, the scenario, instead of being brought up like a jobber, just Carl in the corner, I'm a pretty middle name guy, and just boom, discus, just out of the blue, bang. Uh, okay, oh, you know, count it down, and then they would have, you know, okay, uh, it's in blah, 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 and they got the story. So that's basically, that was the, the scenario. Uh, so, I'm, 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 I'm getting to Connecticut, but uh, I'm only in San Arena in 2008. I read the Sideway blog, uh, which was very fashion in USC. I read the multi shorts, uh, and I'm doing a lot of BJJ. So um, I'm showing everything on tape to, uh, to the guy that I'm working with. And the guy that I'm working with, I'm not going to name, I don't want to, because I don't want to put the blame on the guy. But uh, uh, from what they promised me, that it was going to be a guy that was going to be willing to do you know, pretty much everything that I wanted to do and was going to be there to help me. Um, uh, the corporation wasn't very there, you know, like, uh, the agent wasn't really into my stuff. I felt like I was too much ahead of my time with my BJJ, with my Muay shorts, with my side walk. So, uh, just before that match, Sean, uh, John Arias came up to me, he says, Carl, I'm going to tell you something. Chris doesn't like your, your style because he hates UFC and, uh, you know, he thinks that you look like a jobber with your Mohawk like that. So they shaved my head before my match. So that, you know, that threw me off. That was a real slap in the face. My whole look was, I'm telling you, when I say it was pretty cool, it was, was fucking sharp. You know, it was really, really badass look. So they shaved the Mohawk. So they're cutting half my gimmick and a half. And then um, I'm telling, you know, uh, the agent, you know, if, if I come up as a badass like that and I bump up my ass at the beginning of the match, I don't care to take bumps and I don't care to lose. I just have my gimmick to go over. So, you know, let me not bump at the beginning of the match. Let me take some bump at the end and I would beat me. But at least let me have, you know, uh, show what the character is all about. The people can buy into it. And then they bought into it. As soon as I walked in and I was punching my face, um, even though I didn't have the Mohawk anymore, I had the good look and everything, so people really got into it. But as soon as I took the first bump, everything went flat out. And uh, I remember Vince was watching right behind the curtain, China was watching behind the curtain, Pat was watching, Bruce Richard was watching. I had like maybe 10 people watching my match, not on monitors, not on TV in their uh, office, but right at the guerrilla position. And uh, I was supposed to do two nights in a row. And after that match, John came to me and said, what, what did you think of your match? To, be, to tell you the truth, it didn't go at all the way, you know, I thought it was going to go. And I'd, I'd say maybe my, my spinning elbow went well. Got a big pop out of that. The entrance went well. The match was the shit. You know, it wasn't good. 
So it's, don't bother to come into that airfield tomorrow. Just take the car and just, you know, drive it up to Montreal and just, you know, drop it off there and we'll work it out. So that was a big, huge slap in my face, you know. So, you know, it's, it, there's so many things like that. 2003, I go, I do the first match on the dark. People are, scan, are chanting PCO, PCO, PCO. The place is turning upside down. I'm having a hell of a match. I'm getting out of the, the bell center. You know, I'm crying of joy because, you know, I've had such a match. This is crazy. I'm thinking, you know, it's impossible I'm not getting a job. So two weeks after, John calls me. He's, you know, Carl. A great masters is good, but Stephanie says that uh, she doesn't have anything for you. There's, there's no, there's no storyline for you. It's, it's not about your it's not about anything. It's just bad timing. So, you know, like I said, you know, when, when I, I won the TNA, you know, strong start, everything, and then. Uh, Dutch Mantel didn't know me at all when he was the booking, and I was not in the city, so it didn't work out well. Plus, the airfare tickets were pretty expensive for a company that was just, you know, starting off. So flying me out of Montreal every time, it was tough for them. So that didn't last too long. It lasted me two, three months. So it ended up uh, not so good. I started out good. And uh, I go to ECW Championship match against Justin Credible. That's crazy. But uh, a month after, they're closing the doors. Uh, there's no more show, no more ECW. But Paulie liked me. But then they're closing the companies. So uh, always, you know, bad timings, bad luck. Piece uh, the puzzle, not falling at the right place at the right time, at the right place at the right time. You know, so, uh, you know, constant battle, constant battle, hang in there, hang in there, fight, 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 hang in there, fight, 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 and, uh, you know, so to finally have a breakthrough with Walter, you know, finally, you know, something good is happening. And it looks like, it, and the good thing is you're absolutely right, this looks like a breakthrough now because, you know, obviously we've got the match with Walter here, you're going to be doing stuff with uh, AIW, he's facing, um, uh, Eddie Kingston in AIW, you know how big of a deal I'm going to yeah, make about that one. Yeah, you're going to make a huge deal. Because Eddie is one of my favorites, obviously. He's going to be in Chikara in the King of Trios. He's bringing the... Yeah. Uh, the Are you yeah. doing his Get the Shit In? I'm, I'm doing a little bit of his Get the Shit In. Yeah, right, yeah. get his shit in right now, I won't lie. Uh, but he's teaming with Katie Lee Burchill and Ray Buccaneiro in a Pirates-themed tag team. In, nice. Uh, yeah, in Chikara's King of Trios. That's the annual team. Team trio thing, so Which, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be amazing. That'll be awesome. Uh, we totally love that tournament. Too, for prestige. Yeah. Super crazy. Uh, this uh, Friday in Cleveland, uh, Ohio. This uh, Saturday coming up uh, for Black Table Pro in uh, Crown Points, Illinois. Uh, and then I got uh, a lot of shows in New Orleans. I got a, a lot of. Uh, I got one in, uh, in uh, Texas for uh, uh, Jim Ross's promotion uh, that he's working with. So there's 
there's a bunch, there's uh, IWS in Montreal against Walter, like you said, uh, for IBS TV, uh, which is the TV in Montreal. Uh, yeah, uh, the Kings are all over the place, you know, uh, it's just been crazy. It's been Weird. crazy. Well, PCO, we have two questions we end every episode with, uh, our infamous final two. Uh, the first one's a little bit on the dark side, so I apologize in advance, but uh, we believe that, uh, sadly, in the you know performance art that is pro wrestling, we lose a lot of talent early. Um, if the, So if there was one person who is no longer with us that if you could have the opportunity to work with, who would it be and why? Yes, somebody that's no longer with us. Question number two? Yes, I will do the last question. Question number two. All right. So we here at IndieCast believe that all creatures on the planet have an innate skill, something that the universe has granted them with that gives them the ability to uniquely be on the planet. You know, uh, giraffes have long necks, rhinos have long horns, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Humans have the ability to make tools. So the first time we made fire or, you know, that first axe. So with that being said, PCO, if you could pick any animal to fight, which animal would it be and what weapon would you use? The floor is yours. Fight with, fight against. Fight against. You're fighting. So you're picking the animal you're going to fight against, and what weapon are you going to use to to, to fight said animal? Well, why why would I need a weapon? So that that is a great question. The weapon could just be yourself. You That's, could just be the weapon. Some people have gone just these hands, uh, but some okay, people have. Okay, the, the weapon. The weapon is just a choice. Like it could be my bare hands. Like, yeah, it could be whatever be you want. Gun or, or, we, or a hammer or anything like we, that. You could totally had, go wherever you want question. with this. That's a weird question. Good. It well, is that's, a weird that's, question. That's, that's the one that put us on the map. So. 
You'd be amazed. We, we've had people pick, you know, things like bears and gorillas and elephants, but we've also had people pick kittens. So, I mean, it, it's completely up to how you want, which way you want to go. And yeah. Maybe Scar. And what I would use to fight a lion, what I would use to fight a lion. Uh, a bowl of Kobol Pizzeria's uh, poutine. Spear or a javelin? Yeah, there you go. Spear, yeah, spear, yeah. Oh, spear, yeah. Wakanda spear. forever. Uh, Way no to one, go. No one, no one in front of a lion with a spear. That sounds like there a good plan. Good. Yeah. That and I got my Black Panther warrior. reference in for I today. Want, I might want to I want to see that fight now. <laughs> PCO <laughs> singing the Quebecers theme I already, song. I already fought a, a bear in a ring, so uh, I know what it is. So this is just the I next step in the evolution of it. Too. Goodness gracious. That was crazy. That's why I didn't say a bear because I already fought the bear. <laughs> oh, so. my God. Well, yeah. PC, PCO, thank you very much for, you. for joining us on the Indicast. It has definitely been a blast. I cannot wait uh, for yeah. this episode to go up. Oh, my might, goodness. Might be a two-parter, too, it looks like. I know, because like, so. we have a lot of time. We have a lot yeah, of stuff. I'll just to... keep the one that you want, uh, the, <laughs> oh, well. the stories that you want, I know. Oh, we're, uh, we're... I was just trying to give, like, you know, uh, pretty much like uh, everything, every obstacle that was put in front of me, that I, uh, I instead of uh, taking that obstacle as a barrier, uh, use them as a springboard and trying to uh, springboard myself uh, even further and continue and uh, uh, to fight on the um, on the way of. Uh, be the most uplifting episode we've I ever know. had. So, well, everybody in our, our dozens and dozens, thank you once again, as always, for listening. Uh, I am, as always, Chad Allen. And I'm Shelly Allen. And until next time, everybody, we always say, Do you see?